Hi guys, my name is Solomon Barry. And my name is Josh Kaplan, and welcome to Round the Realm. Guys, we know that we have taken a little bit of a break, but we are so excited to be back with you and bringing you more content. We have got a lot of great stuff for you today. Um, you know, Solomon and I have both been really busy with school, but we're really excited to just get back into it and uh, keep giving you guys some awesome content. So with that, Solomon's going to introduce our guest for this week. Yeah, and you know, for this episode where we've been gone a couple of weeks, we really decided to Started off with a bang again, and we've got Joelle Wen. Uh, she told me that's how I should pronounce her last name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's our first female guest, and we're super psyched. Joelle, why don't you give us a quick 30-second background about yourself? Hi. Um, my name is Joelle Wen, and I'm 21 years old. I live in San Luis Obispo, California. It's the midpoint between San Francisco and L.A., right on the coast, so we're close to the beach. But we've also got mountains and valleys and great city life and all the things. Um, currently I work part-time for Spikeball and customer support, and I also do freelance design and stuff like that on the side. Yeah. And if you guys didn't know, she is the one who designed the amazing logo for this podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> that's just an example of her talents. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Anyway, so jumping right into our first segment, we've got player comparisons and the topic chosen by Joelle is going to be classic literature. Uh, so starting off with the oh, first yeah. one, which Roundnet team or player would you compare to The Great Gatsby? Oh, I love The Great Gatsby. This is one of my favorite books. But <laughs> after a lot of deliberation with me, myself, and I, I have decided that Abe <laughs> Finocchi is like The Great oh, Gatsby. Okay. And here's my explanation for it. He, like, Gatsby being, like, the new money character and stuff like that, you know, he's a new player coming onto the scene and obviously mm -hmm. making lots of waves at like nationals this past week and stuff like that. And then with that same explanation, I thought the same of Allie Foster. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Gabe okay. Pinocchi, Allie Foster. Big I like Gatsby. that. Solid, solid comparison. All right. Thank jumping you. into our Thank next you. one. We have got the Odyssey. Okay. My explanation for this was this is a team that is very consistent, hardworking, um, and they went at, like MIA for a little bit, but then they came back and they are like killing the game out there. And I thought the Odyssey um, compares to Hilltop a lot, actually. Oh. All right. Yeah. Because okay. you know how like in the book he is gone for like seven years or whatever? Obviously, yeah. Hilltop hasn't been gone for seven years, but they <laughs> but took as... a long, a long hiatus, and now they're back, and they are seriously killing the game. Yeah, they came back quick, I mean, I and feel they played like, well. Yeah, the gap in my heart just feels like it's a seven-year-long gap for as long as Hilltop's <laughs> been gone. Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> in the short history of Roundnet, that pretty much equates to seven years. Yeah, it's yeah, basically seven true. years. That is true. All right, so with that great comparison, we're going to go right into a, a classic, especially for this time of the month, or this, this time of the year, I guess. Uh, we've got season. Frankenstein. Frankenstein happens to be my favorite book of all time, and I recommend <laughs> oh, that wow. everyone read it. Mary Shelley and I share a birthday, um, but that's besides oh. the point. Wow, the, all right. Um, 
The player that I compared to Frankenstein is Clark Marshall. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not to be Clark. <laughs> I have a very uh, convoluted, I guess, explanation for this. But, like, he has a very intimidating presence, which is part of, like, the creature himself. But he's also very intelligent and well-spoken. And... Um, that that is part of the creature's like character like halfway through the book and Mm -hmm. i guess like in the latter half of the book and i feel like clark is a very respected player and you just have to listen to what he says whenever he's talking that's my explanation for why clark and frankenstein are quite similar (laughs) (laughs) that's deep i mean like when clark comments in the facebook group you know everyone's gonna read it take it to heart dwell on it meditate on it reflect on it Mm -hmm. so it's not just that he's tall and slightly intimidating (laughs) (laughs) it's not just that guys (laughs) not just that maybe a little bit is that is that 65 percent of joelle's perception of clark yes (laughs) but (laughs) yeah yeah all right jumping into our next comparison we have a famous hit novel series by Suzanne Collins, The Hunger Games. Amazing. I actually loved this series a lot when I was like in middle school and stuff. I compared um, The Hunger Games to Black Ice. Like Jordy and Fred. Yeah, Jordy and Fred. Yeah, just kind of thinking about like Katniss and that character and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like they... They really are out for blood, like in the best way possible. Jordy <laughs> mm-hmm. and Fred. I I almost did just Jordy or just Fred, and then I was like, you know what? They're like a really great team, and yeah. they they should be mentioned together more often. There we go. Yeah. There yeah. We go. So the one the one question I've got with this, Joelle, are you mm-hmm. Team Gale or Team Peta? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Gale. It's got to be Gale. Oh, ooh, okay. and and and. And okay. I'm just gonna take a wild guess. Is that because you're actually Team Gale, or because just you, just because you think he's hotter? Um, I probably <laughs> just say it. Probably wow, the latter. Exposes. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> we are bringing you the truth here at Round the Round. Absolutely. <laughs> Only the truth. Uh, Ooh. All right. After that. <laughs> <laughs> we go into another classic. Uh, I actually don't know what you call it when there's seven books in a series. Um, but The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. Oh, okay. What a man. Yeah, wow. Um, the, like, feeling that I get when thinking about Narnia is just, like, pure awesomeness and a kind of magical aura about it. <laughs> oh, please, please take this where I think it's going. It's got to be Michael and Buddy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, their highlight video was so amazing. It was so cool to see Buddy play, like, that competitively after not being super into it for a while. But I know he was, like, living with Preston for September or whatever. So that helped him get his skill level way up. And Michael's serves were insane. The ups. Like, one thing that I saw in that video that was like, oh, this is so underrated is Michael's like perfect setting yeah mm-hmm. it was michael's, just magic. michael's been putting in the work a lot and i think that's why you saw yeah, him was... play so well with buddy because buddy's yeah. not a huge server but he's amazing with his defense his sets are mm-hmm. normally spot on 
and Michael really just complemented that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they were just totally a agree. great team. And I mean, we want to talk about magical aura. I mean, Buddy Hammond with the shirt off. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I and, and this comes from a reputable source of Jarrett Rouse, who commented he doesn't think <laughs> any other team has had more abs in round net history. Oh, one hundred percent. And I tend to agree. One hundred percent. You can't disagree. Yeah, that's just the best comparison. Yeah, I mean, Jarrett has like mm-hmm. seven or eight abs himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have an odd amount <laughs> hey some people have odd amounts of abs that's a thing that's so it's just really okay. unfortunate okay mm-hmm. oh man <laughs> all right our, uh, our last one that we've got here on player comparisons we are going with ender's game okay the idea with ender's game is that it's like a kid prodigy who's got like you know, I don't know, like, he works well on a team, but individually, he's, like, smart and a really good leader and stuff like that, and um, I said Katie Pearson. Okay. To compare to Ender's Great game, because I feel like she Great knows comparison. a lot about the game. She's got really high, like, round net IQ and stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. like, she is, you know, round net's prodigy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean... If you saw her, which game was it? I think in game three of the semis against us, Paravatai, Kayla and Kaylin, mm-hmm. uh, Katie, it, they were down like 19-16, and I really thought Katie was going to serve them out. It was like, I think Katie had three straight aces to tie it up at 19. Yep. And then, oh my gosh. unfortunately, Allie got aced. But I really thought she was going to take it all the way, and that just shows you the kind of potential she has. Yep. Mm-hmm. She is killing the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that wraps up player comparisons. Definitely some great ones in there. We got Buddy Hammond, Michael Sue, the ever intimidating and tall Clark Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Some really really solid ones. Um, Jumping into our next segment, everyone, we have got top five. And so, Joelle, you being the master that you are with design (laughs) and logos, we are going top five team design. So, you know, combine jerseys, combine logo, all that stuff, and give us your top five team designs in the realm. Okay, I don't know if I had thought much about the order about this, but I'll talk about the top five in no particular order. And, and just let me make um, a suggestion. Go in reverse order. So start with number five and work up to number one. Okay, I can do that. Okay, so one jersey that stood out to me was actually Livonia's jerseys. I don't know if you guys have seen ah. them. They're really cool. Um, the, yeah. the black with like the gold like outline. The, yeah, it's just, like, very um, classy, but, like, for, what is it? Like, almost, like, fashion forward. That sounds really girly, but, like, fashion oh. forward, sort of. Like, very clean looking, I think. Kind of next gen. Kind of next gen, yeah. what you're saying? I, I hope so. Those jerseys are really, really nice. Um, and then moving up, I guess. I have been a huge admirer of what is going on with Cathedral. Um, Let's go, my boys. And I know that's like in Utah. That's just a really cool thing that they're doing. And um, I guess it's like, oh, why didn't I, like, not why didn't I think of that, but almost why didn't I think of that? That's so cool that they've got like very round net specific designs and 
you know, they're not like super expensive shirts and stuff. So it's just another way to spread Mm -hmm. um, awareness for the sport and stuff like that. So I think they're doing a really cool thing. Yeah, I think think Justin from Cathedral, he's the guy who started it in Utah. Number one, just a super cool guy. And number two, killing it with the designs. The the material material he uses is so nice. I I love Mm -hmm. the shirts. I'm a big fan. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't have them myself, but I planned on getting my hands on some some of their apparel. Um, But yeah, that's just a really cool thing that they're also like, you know, sponsoring Utah Nationals and um, Mm -hmm. making some really cool designs for Utah-based teams. So I really admire that about Cathedral. Um, And then moving up, another spot is UCLA. I have to hand it to them. I happen to love Will Foote and his, like, aesthetic, I guess. Like, he's been doing a great (laughs) job, (laughs) like, um, making UCLA into more of a brand, you know, or UCLA Spike or, like, round it into a brand. Um, I don't know if you guys saw their cool jerseys that came out. Oh, their new jerseys are insane. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'd like to say I came up with the idea for the geometric bear, but – I don't think he knows that. It's, it's so incredible. If, if anyone hasn't seen him, go check him out on UCLA's Instagram. But they oh, yeah. are—they're clean, very yes. clean. I love them. And I—I I thought their um, their highlight video or their hype video was also super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for but sure. I hope yep. they win because it would be great for them to represent the West Coast and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, now that GCU got upset by Arkansas of all things, of all colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can cheer for UCLA. Very disappointing. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay. The Southwest region has UCLA still. It's okay. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, I gotta say, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for my UMD boys, my Richmond boys, and yeah, even even the guys over at UVA. You know, Hokies don't usually associate with Cavaliers. But oh my Joe Bondi, gosh! <laughs> I love you, Joe. I'm still still kind of pulling for you guys, but <laughs> UCLA, I'll, I'll hop on that bandwagon too. Yeah, UCLA did get the one seed, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, for, for I, good which, reason, for good I don't reason. know how that they determined this, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> what the criteria it's fine. was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can't just put UCLA and not put Cal Poly. So, Cal now, Poly a, a takes question here, Joel. Number who, two. Who designed all the stuff for Cal Poly? Yeah, who would that be? Actually, Jacob designed most of it. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. That well, was okay. a very leading question. <laughs> In uh, more recent news, I designed the new logo um, oh, that is go. on the page right now. But we actually have a freshman. His name is Brandon. And he came up with a whole, like, rebranding thing for Shoot. us. So it's going to look really nice. Um really soon we're working on you know like more legitimate legitimate looking posts that look like professional sports teams sweet needs i guess yeah Mm -hmm. so um that'll be coming out but jacob in previous years designed all of the shirts and jerseys um and logos with the help of his brother zach yeah but i think they did a great job (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah yeah. So coming in at number one, I have Trippy Lizard because yes, they just good. have like such cool concepts. The colors are great. They look great in their jerseys and stuff. 
Um, it's not know... just because you're intimidated by Clark Marshall. No, no, no. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, they've got a really cool thing going. And I know they have Trippy Fam um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, growing it from just, like, a team into a brand um, yeah. is a really cool thing. Yeah. I don't know where the threshold is for that, but I'm sure we'll we'll find out and stuff yeah. after more experimentation yeah yeah they're probably the the best example of that too of going from a team to a brand yeah, yeah i think so really i don't uh, i don't know how also, oh sorry no just to shout out how to round that has obviously done oh yeah a great job of that but they've oh, been yeah. more of a brand from the start For um, sure. but preston and Ryder are doing amazing things in terms of that and partnering with cathedral but trippy truly just from going straight from a team competing to building their mm-hmm. brand and starting trippy fam doing mm-hmm. the highlight videos. I mean, you look at the things that they've done. They were the ones that started the, like, wheel of spike mm-hmm. um, and different things like that and some different challenges. So Trippy is really on top of the content creation world right now, too. Yeah, yeah. an underrated aspect of that. I don't know how they got their sponsorship with Seek Discomfort, but that's a big yeah. one. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear great things about that sweatshirt, too. I hear it's very comfortable. I have it. Can mm-hmm. confirm. <laughs> I'd be happy to find out, but yeah, they, they're a really cool brand. And I think there are only a couple other like content producers that can top that how to round that being probably one of them. All right. Well, I think that finishes up the segment for top five. And just to recap, we had Trippy in number one, Cal Poly number two, not biased at all by Joelle having gone there. Uh, <laughs> number three, UCLA. <laughs> At number four, Cathedral, <laughs> and number five, Livonia Roundnet. Yeah. Bang! <laughs> Bang! <laughs> That's part of their brand. <laughs> uh, it really is. It really is. I mean, it has taken the Roundnet world by storm. It, it very has. much so. It, it went from yeah. let's go to bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I uh, mean, you really, like, have you been around the realm if you haven't heard someone yell bang? You haven't. You really haven't. Yeah. yeah. Especially <laughs> if you haven't heard Michael Sue yell bang, you're really missing out. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Go watch all true. of his videos. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyways, uh, moving on to our next and last segment, hot seat. Uh, for our first question, we've got, how did you get introduced to Rodnet and how long have you been playing for? So I started playing a little bit over four years ago. Um, and it was through my youth group. The boys had always played, and yeah. I had a background in volleyball, and I was like, oh, this looks pretty similar. So then I got some girls in our youth group to learn how to play with me until mm-hmm. they eventually let us play co-ed with them. Very <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then my first tournament was um, West Regionals 2016 at Santa Monica, where okay. I think I had played Moxie. And um, oh, wow. this yeah. other good team out of, I think, the Midwest that had Molly on it. I don't know if you know who I'm I talking about. I don't know about. who that is, which is surprising. But people still yeah, know Moxie. I, I do know Moxie. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. Yep, Jenna and Julie. Yeah, Jenna and Julie. Yep. So that was the, um, the notable team that was there. I don't remember if they had won it, but that was my first taste of like a a tournament and competitive play. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Legend. Mm-hmm. 2016 yeah, is a while ago too. Yeah. It, I 
didn't remember that that was my first tournament until someone had asked me and I was like, oh, I guess I've only been playing for four years because I only went to that tournament a couple weeks after I had started playing, basically. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, obviously, like, at that first tournament you talked about, I mean, seeing Moxie there, Moxie's been a staple in women's roundnet for a while. But just looking at women's roundnet in general, Joelle, you know, what are some of your favorite things about women's roundnet? And then what are some things that you just want to see improve and grow in coming years? Mm-hmm. So, I think that one great thing about women's roundnet is – like to begin with, it's a very niche sport. So you know that you have an instant bond with anyone, um, anyone else you meet who plays. But then for women, it's like even more rare that we'll find someone who plays to that same, um, at that same caliber. So I feel like we mm-hmm. can just bond um, really easily. And um, I've found that a lot of my favorite women in round net, um, are so willing to support you and encourage you in all kinds of growth. So not just like um, in round net, but you know, a lot of people will encourage me spiritually or in mm. my friendships and relationships, um, yeah. artistically, literally in all the things, <laughs> all the things they can um, like, the they things. support me. Yeah, they really did <laughs> all the things. Yeah. They really That's incredible. Yeah, and love on me. And I like being able to return that. Um, but I think that one thing that can improve is to get more women to play competitively. And I feel like that's a very obvious answer. And people have been mm-hmm. saying that for a long time. But if we can figure out how to get more women to play, I feel like then we can capitalize on it a little bit more um, and really grow that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even just a a follow-up to that question. So if there are some women out there listening to this that are thinking of potentially getting involved in the competitive scene, but are kind of unsure, you know, what would you kind of tell them? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it would um, be really cool for someone to know that they are helping to grow this sport almost exponentially just with their involvement. Um, Mm. because I think like the few women who are uh, playing competitively right now have a lot of pull and influence on where the game's going to go in the future. Um, and I myself, um, feel very important when I know that, um, I'm doing something that is impactful and stuff like that. So that's part of the reason why I feel like I stay in it is because I know that I'm like a part of a movement. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, part of a movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And I think that's awesome. I think this next question kind of ties in with you know growing the women's scene a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You're running a tournament in a couple weeks, I think, with Jackie Yu, a queen of the realm, a queen of the realm tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about that. Who you, who you know is coming, and you know what you expect to get from it. Yeah, um, there has only been one other tournament like this, and it was held in the East by Becca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Becca, Jordy, and Joel helped to host this. Um, And so it's really exciting for one to happen on the West Coast. Um, And I feel like it's just a great way to see the skill that's on the West Coast in a very, like, conclusive way. And also to just have everyone in the same place and bond. (laughs) 
So I'm very excited for that. Mm-hmm. But some of the people that will be there are thus. Um, my helm, if you have met her, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's awesome. Ashley Ortlip, mm-hmm. Matt Ortlip's sister. Obviously, Jackie Yu, the Woo. the woman, <laughs> the myth, the legend, I guess. <laughs> right um, and Ronnie Ward, I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she's I baller. She's great. Yeah, I don't um, so. We have a lot of people from um, LA County coming in as well. Hopefully some people from um, USC, UCLA, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's awesome. A lot of the notable people. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. really excited to just have everyone, you know, be together for <laughs> for one. Um, and are you going to be streaming? We will be streaming, and we will be filming most if not all of the games so sweet yeah so we'll be getting a lot of footage um and hopefully making a really great highlight video from that that's what we like to hear yeah Yeah. and to anyone out there listening make sure that you guys tune into that i mean i think i speak for all of us when i say that women's round net is some of the most fun matches Mm -hmm. to watch um Mm -hmm. easily easily probably a lot more than pro just because of the people that are playing and just the the style of play, it's just super, super spectator friendly mm-hmm. and a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, that's true. What he, what he means to say is there's actually rallies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is true. There We're very rallies. excited for it. There yeah. Especially when Thus is there, there are going to be rallies. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I, I observed the semifinals match between Allie and Katie and mm-hmm. Kayla and Kaylin and there was rallies probably 20% of the plays. Uh, mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like either Kayla and Kayla would get a touch. Allie's really lanky, like surprisingly lanky, and she got mm-hmm. a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for being five foot nothing, Katie gets to a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, quick. She just, she she's very good at being in the right spot. <laughs> she's a mammal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I think too one thing that we see in in women's roundnet a lot more that a lot of the guys could i'd like take a page out of their book on is actually really hustling and trying to get mm-hmm. to every ball and not just giving up on a play yeah. <laughs> press and buzz um <laughs> <real loud. laughs> the shade has been thrown preston if you're listening uh please know that i meant that <laughs> Preston, if you're also listening, please know that I love you and we still want you on this podcast. Yeah, we still love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. All right, switching gears a little bit. Um, Joelle, obviously, we've talked a lot about this just with the top five, but you do have a background and even now um, are really involved in design and different things like that. So, what role do you kind of think design and team branding play as we look to the future of our sport? I think the number one answer to this question would be that it's helping to legitimize the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've talked about this, I think, a lot since um, the first ESPN streamed tournaments or like the tournaments that were filmed for ESPN. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Lancaster and Coney Island. Yeah, um, in 2018? Was that 2018? Yes. Yeah, so it makes... Good design obviously helps to make, you know, teams or clubs um, or brands look very professional. And it's, I feel like it's just very 
an overlooked part of mm. of our sport in a way um because it's it's more important than a lot of people know and like yeah. people being in like you know graphic communications or design or like the liberal arts in general can kind of tell you that um like it's it's very subconscious that we want to look at the, the very pretty things so i feel like with um like what how to round it is doing like they obviously have everything together <laughs> um like I know that Ryder had to put a lot of money into like equipment and stuff like that, but it pays off because it just looks so great and attracts those mm-hmm. huge viewership. Um, and I think as well in the age of social media, um, all this like design and branding stuff can help contribute to the growth of the sport um, because it is ultimately connecting a lot of people um, and showing them what a cool thing this is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a ton of sense. And I would I would mm-hmm. have to completely agree with you on that. I just I mean, you look at a lot of the popular teams like Trippy is a team that is consensus like top three at the beginning of the year with a lot of people. And a big part of that is that they put out content and they were really popular mm-hmm. and they branded themselves very, very mm-hmm. well. Um, and I yeah. mean, Trippy is a very legitimate team brand, as we talked about earlier. And the same thing mm-hmm. with how to round that. Um, yeah. teams are definitely trending more and more in that direction which we love to see and also shameless plug if anyone out there is looking for someone to design a logo or jersey to help them with their team brand joelle went joelle does a fantastic job oh <laughs> thank you she very much does also yeah. I, I would say another person who did a great job uh the last couple of years of uh, it's not quite as much of a brand uh but while global beans with zach vance uh, yeah, they were oh, like yeah. they were a borderline pro team. They barely, I think, they squeezed in at number sixteen in terms of yep, points. But if you mm-hmm. ask anybody who their top like three, top five favorite teams are, Global Beans easily. Like he really yeah. built the whole Global Beans, just yelling at Bean Blocks. Like he built that mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. So props to him. <laughs> bean yeah. Blocks. I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> exactly. You kind of miss it, don't you? Yeah, I I actually yeah. do. And I miss Zach Vance. He's such a he's such a character. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to a very different note. Joel has the distinction of being one of very few people who has been inside North Korea. Uh, so what was like? What was that like? Oh man, it was crazy. <laughs> um, I was only there for a week, and it was four years ago. Almost to the day, I'm pretty sure I left uh, uh, September 28th or something like that and came back about a week later. Um, And the title of the trip was a surf and stand-up paddleboarding diplomacy trip. It's Mm. very wordy, (laughs) but that's like what we did. We um, brought in um, blow-up paddleboards and we paddleboarded in lakes, waterfalls, um, and the ocean, their east coast, um, with these like blow up paddle boards that we brought. And so that's where I actually learned to surf. And I haven't done it wow. since <laughs> because I don't like the ocean. Um, and the ocean doesn't <laughs> like me, but it's okay. <laughs> it's totally okay. And she um, lives on that's... the west coast. Yes. Next, <laughs> I next very to much the beach. Do. Very, very close to the beach. That's why she plays um, Michael. And so, yes. And, my mom was like, well, you don't surf, 
but you like, yeah, like you stand up paddleboard, but it's not like a, you know, something you really do. And then I was like, you know what I could do though. Um, so I brought two sets of spike ball, um, to North Korea and, um, I left one at the beach resort that we were at and then one with a friend that I had made and I have no idea what the heck is going on with it now. Um, I had the someone translate the instructions into to Korean so that they at least had it. Um, and they have, you know, everything that they could need unless they break the sets, but yeah, they, I'm, I trust that they are very resilient and resourceful and they can like fix it <laughs> and stuff. or like build a new one, like round net Indonesia. Yeah. They built a wooden set. That was that? incredible. Yeah. yeah that was awesome. So I have no doubt that if they loved it that much, they could build their own sets in some way. But um, about a year after I left uh, or visited, I guess. Yeah. A year after I visited the borders closed to Americans Um mm-hmm. So I haven't been able to revisit. And of course now it's closed because of COVID. Um, So I don't know when I'll be able to go back and see what's up, but I'm really excited for it because they are just so happy to learn like new things. Um, We, someone on our team brought a Frisbee and they had never seen a Frisbee before, but for us, it's so like such a normal thing. Like a lot of people play ultimate or like disc golf. Props disc golf. People are throwing it at the beach and they just had no idea. And so we have like some videos of us like showing them how to play frisbee. And it's amazing. It's so cool to see. Um but they that are awesome. a volleyball playing country. Okay. So so I was like, oh then it kind of is gonna make sense to them in some ways. Um so I only had, you know, a couple days at the beach resort to kind of teach them what was going on. Um so they are, they have made their own little niche for like spike ball that is just yeah. very uninfluenced because I don't know any other American people who have gone to North Korea after I went. Yeah. Um, and if people from other countries have been, then they aren't players that are like in the meta in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like they might not be teaching them anything new, just like playing with them. Um, so I just think it'll be a really cool day when, you know, I can go back with some people and see how their game has developed over the past couple years. And, um, you know, we'll show them some new things and it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a big party. That's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, as soon as the border reopens, whenever that is, I'm definitely going again. I'm going to be bringing a bunch of new sets and hopefully, like, apparel and stuff like that so we can start growing Spikeball in North Korea. Yeah. Which is technically called the DPRK, but, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A Democratic uh, yeah. People's Republic of Korea. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So round net in the DPRK <laughs> rather than yeah. spike ball in North Korea. Yes. Yeah, so that yeah. was a really cool thing. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and just sounds sounds like an incredible experience overall. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Our second to last question. We are sad as this time is near into an end. But our second last question to you, Joel, is what are some things that you just like to do outside around it? Ooh. I have been getting a little bit into disc golf lately. Mm. And yeah. I was sad to miss Degarp in at Nationals. Ah, the but first Degarp. I know. I'm so sad to have missed it. But some of my good pals, Sam and Jacob, and now Warren play too, actually. So it's a really cool um, like activity to do with them and to just spend time with them and stuff like that. So a little bit of disc golf. Um, and I do a lot of I, 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 art slash design work just <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I'm it. <laughs> 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 I had to do it. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say that whole thing again. Um, I like to do art and design work on the side, and I'm always thinking about it. Um, and I really enjoy just hanging out with my friends. We are all creatives and stuff like that, so we all do our own things, whether it's like studio art, photography, um writing we all do that kind of stuff um and my two roommates are art and design majors with minors in psychology so in our household we eat art and psychoanalyze (laughs) (laughs) okay and then sometimes sleep but that's mostly what we're doing um yeah it's a lot of fun oh yes i definitely like it a lot (laughs) <laughs> it's it's fun being surrounded by that all the time um mm. and then yeah I guess that, that's all for outside of Roundnet. I was gonna say I play a lot but that's yeah yeah that's awesome all right mm-hmm. well finishing off this section this segment and sadly the entire episode with the most important question we will ever ask nothing you, else matters except for this one yeah we may just <laughs> we may or may not clip out the first 38 minutes and leave this in um, Sounds good. <laughs> what is your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Let's go. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes, let's go. We're so Cinnamon proud Toast of you. Crunch. We're so proud of you. Thank you. And then afterwards, Lucky Charms. Okay. That's, that's been a surprisingly popular choice. It really okay. has. What do you think about the, the, as Solomon refers to them, the stale brown bits? Yes. <laughs> I actually had a friend fight me on this like almost physically <laughs> oh my goodness because that's incredible he's very very passionate about cereal respect the passion Who's yeah this and he we must have his, him on this yeah I was gonna say yes do we his need name to have is Ryan you really do need to meet Ryan he's great <laughs> is it Ryan Oswald <laughs> but, that would be perfect that would it it's not Ryan Oswald ah. but you should get him on the podcast too <laughs> No, it was just like my friend, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be on this podcast." And one of the questions is like my favorite cereal, and then he was like, "Well, like, what is your favorite cereal?" <laughs> and then when I was like, "Cinnamon Toast Crunch," and then Lucky Charms, he was like, "What? Lucky Charms? Like the 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 like mm-hmm. plain part is like a gross, like a what is it? Like a downgrade of like Cheerios, yes, a, and then the marshmallows are so Cheerios. dry." And yeah. like, why would you even like that? <laughs> but here is the sentimental connection that I have with Lucky Charms. <laughs> when I was in high school, 
during my freshman year, I had early college, which I guess I had early college all four years of high school. Um, but we would have to go for zero periods. So we'd be there at like, like 6.30 or 6.45 or something. Yeah. And I could never stay awake in my class because it was history. <laughs> and so I would like bring a bag of cereal with me, but then I didn't have to eat it. I just had to leave it on my desk and then I would stay awake. I didn't even have to really? reach inside and grab anything. But I have, yeah, those are pleasant memories with Lucky Charms. But so I think they're objectively it, delicious. What was it about it just sitting on your desk that kept you awake? I still have no idea. All hmm. right. So yeah. I, I can't <laughs> argue with sentimentality. Yes. <laughs> your, your whole claim of objectively delicious, I'll still disagree with that. But we're proud of you for your first <laughs> choice. And a surprisingly <laughs> amount of a surprising amount of people agree with Lucky Charms. So, Cole yeah, Modell, second choice, mm-hmm. ate seven huh. boxes in one trip. Yep. What? Yeah, him in a group, but still mm-hmm. seven boxes That's of Lucky Charms. It's insane. Yeah, it I do not go through cereal that fast <laughs> for sure. It really is. Dang. Yes. Well. Everyone, that wraps up Hot Seat. And with that, it wraps up our episode today. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us, Joelle. Thank you so much for just taking some time out of your day to come on here and talk yeah, with thank us. thank you for having just me. Talk around that and design. Um, are there any accounts that people can go follow anyways that people can go support you on Instagram or anything like that? Obviously, guys, if you have jersey or logo needs, give Joelle a call and she will take care of you there. Thank you. Um, well, my personal Instagram is Joelle underscore win. My creative Instagram is at Feather Bloom Creative. And then you have to just follow Cal Poly Spike. All right. I guess we have gotta to. Do it. Yeah. Got to do it. You just, ha- you just got to. <laughs> I just unfollowed them and followed them again. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that good, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> tell them uh, that. Uh, Joelle sent you I guess yeah exactly Exactly. sadly guys that's going to be it for this episode Uh, thanks again to Joelle for being being on with us and we'll see you around the realm